This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. Amazon announced last week that it was going to start free same-day delivery for its Prime members. It was the latest in a string of news by the e-commerce giant that continues to move it deeper and deeper into our lives on an everyday basis. Some retailers like Walmart are remaining in competition with Amazon by, among other things, offering next-day shipping in some areas. Others are partnering with the company companies like Kohl's, which accepts Amazon returns. But with its growth into a global Goliath, Amazon is also increasingly facing issues. It's been questioned about who's listening into conversations in people's homes through Alexa over its treatment of employees and whether it's really made Whole Foods more affordable as it promised to do. It's also been criticized over its facial recognition software, which was this week banned by the city of San Francisco. And now Senator Elizabeth Warren is among those proposing that Amazon should be broken up. So what does this all mean for Amazon? Barbara Kahn, marketing professor here at the Wharton School, joining me in studio. You can also hear her as the co-host of Marketing Matters on Sirius XM 132 every Wednesday from 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Also joining us on the phone, Ryan Hamilton, associate professor of marketing at Emory University. Barbara, great to see you again. Yeah, fun to be here. Ryan, great to have you with us today. Thank you, Dan. Hi, Barbara. Hello. Great to have you with us. Uh, so I guess let's start with the with the big Goliath, uh, the fact that uh, that Elizabeth Warren has called for the breakup of Amazon. Yeah, I mean, people have been talking about that for a long time. Um, so some of the issues, as I understand it, with Amazon is how much is too much power? Typically, when you think about antitrust, you think about whether the consumer is worse off. And Amazon has been so far pretty clean on that. Yeah. Because you think about what is the consumer being worse off? It means they're raising prices inappropriately or lowering product quality. And Amazon is not doing either one of those. And so they are you know, by that definition, clean. On the other hand, since they have more than half the uh, half the members of the United States, uh, households of the United States are Amazon Prime, and they own this big p- platform, and they compete with other competition on their own platform in an asymmetric information way, in that they have more information about the competition than clearly the competition has about them, that's triggered antitrust types of issues in Europe. Right. So I think there are a lot of different issues. Historically, what people think about Amazon is they have so far been true to their word and their consumer focus. They have that consumer empty seat in the meetings, you know, and they look at the consumer's best interests, but they are ruthless against the competition. So just what does antitrust information mean? Ryan, should they be broken up? Yeah, it requires an entirely new way of thinking about antitrust. Barbara's exactly right. Typically, historically, we've thought about this in terms of pricing power. Uh, and and monopolies being able to charge more money. People are are talking about breaking up Amazon. People are talking about breaking up even Facebook, which is a a free service. So it's no longer about just price. It's about uh, information power. It's about uh, leverage, about control. Um, I would be surprised if there's kind of an appetite for that broadly, but opinion on this seems to be shifting rapidly. But, so we'll see. but seemingly, Ryan, with, with all the different instances we see pop up, and, and obviously the, the live microphone issue with, with devices like Alexa, and the, and the data issues with Facebook, that maybe this is an issue that is, is past its due in really being looked at. Well, there's, there's questions about regulation, and then there's questions about breaking up a large entity. 
Amazon could get broken up into 20 different companies that wouldn't necessarily solve these data privacy issues. Um, likewise, regulation could come in and, and, and dictate what the company is allowed to do with its data uh, without necessarily breaking it up. So I think that the, the likelihood of regulation over the next couple of years with regards to, to data management feels more likely to me than breaking up the entity, although I wouldn't claim to have great prognostication skills on this. <laughs> Barbara? Well, you know, it's interesting. I saw an article today, I think it was, com- uh, talking about Google, not only um, Facebook, but yeah. Google yeah. compared to Amazon because Google is getting into selling yep. and Amazon is getting into advertising. And Amazon basically is getting into everything. Yep. There's nothing yep. that Amazon isn't touching. And so when you look at it like that, you know, and uh, hate to give a shout out to Scott Galloway at NYU, but Scott Galloway wrote this bestseller on the big four. And, you know, I think that yeah. was that was Apple at the time. But I think really what we're talking about is Facebook, Google and Amazon. Just as Ryan says, there's several issues. Are they too big? Do they have too much power? Is it a privacy issue? Um, those are really big players and they're all getting into each other's face, you know, or space, however but, you want to say it. But the point that you just brought up about about uh, Amazon getting into everything. It truly is the case when you think about all the different touch points that Amazon is in right now, and seemingly they have no concern about looking for that next area that they're going to get involved in. Yeah, I mean, there was a famous study. Some reporter tried to live, uh, you know, like two months without being Amazon-related products. And because of AWS, which is a huge thing, the cloud service part of Amazon, Amazon Web Service, um, she couldn't make it. I don't think she made it more than a couple days. So Amazon is really, really, really everywhere. And that is concerning. You have to trust Jeff Bezos. And lately, you know, that's why his personal life has become real news. Because if he can make some in, you know, indiscreet decisions in a personal life and he has that much power, and maybe that's something to be concerned about. Ryan? Well, to your point, there was a headline just a couple of days ago where Jeff Bezos announced that Amazon was planning on going to the moon. So when we talk yeah. about yeah. everywhere and everything, <laughs> you may not be able to escape Amazon by leaving the planet. Uh, <laughs> We're joined in studio by Barbara Kahn of the Wharton School, Ryan Hamilton of Emory University. Your comments are welcome on Amazon. And are they too big? 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. Or if you'd like, send us a comment on Twitter at BizRadio132 or my Twitter account, which is at DanLoney21. You know, Barbara, we've talked in the past uh, about a variety of different issues with you involving retail. And one now that has been kind of the recent trend with Amazon is all of this mall space that has kind of been left over. Amazon is starting to gobble it up so that they can build out some of these fulfillment centers that they need. Yeah, it's really interesting to look at mall space. I've been, I went over to Hudson Yards to take a look at that. That's a new yeah. mall that was built out in, in uh, New York City and you know a lot of money invested. We're doing something here in Philadelphia with our Market East or Gallery East. Trying, and the mall is really being rethought. So it's not just about product shopping anymore. It's about mixed use. Most of these malls are going to have apartments built to them, condos built in, hotel space, you know gym space, Instagram space. It's not just about product. And certainly Amazon is a big force in changing the way we think about shopping. And I think that's another piece of news that they were talking about, which is uh, incenting their own employees to 
in delivery. For the delivery, yeah. So the notion here is it used to be the consumer did the last mile. Yep. And what that meant was when you were buying a purchase, you would go to the store and bring it home. Now, And that's what you're talking about, making yep. the malls be that distribution center to still get the consumers, perhaps, to go to the mall and bring that last mile. But Amazon is proposing lots of different ways of doing that now, too. One of them is this incentive program for their um, employees. Which is a unique uh, idea there, Ryan, is basically that they are they want to have delivery in different forms than just using the FedEx and the UPSs of the world. And they see it as a great opportunity to incentivize their own employees, maybe give them a little seed money to be able to develop their own uh, their own delivery company. And gosh, it's interesting, isn't it? Uh, I mean... From Amazon's perspective, this seems like pure win. Um, so they're they're obviously very reliant still on the major package delivery firms, and that is a, a point of leverage against them. Uh, this is one of the few areas where somebody's got some leverage over Amazon. And so, to the extent that they can encourage more delivery startups to seed that market, to uh, in- incentivize more competition there, potentially drive prices lower on deliveries. All of that is upside for Amazon. Whether it's, it makes sense for these almost franchisee business owners, that I'm less yeah, yeah. clear on from the headlines yeah. I've been reading. Yeah, yeah. so that's, I mean, I totally agree with that, Ryan. I mean, you can trust Amazon so far to be good to the consumer, but you can't trust Amazon to be good to its competitors or its employees. Right. Um, and that's where they've gotten a lot more controversy. And, you know, what the problem is, they're providing some incentive for these for these employees to go off and do their own business, which is very attractive. But it's going to be 100% dependent on Amazon delivery. And that is not a good situation. So how much trust then should the consumer put in Amazon, knowing some of these factors? And then you have the Alexa. You know, you're starting to see some of these issues crop up where maybe two or three years ago, they were they were clean. There there was no issues yeah. with Amazon whatsoever. They still haven't violated consumer trust yet, except for privacy issues. But you haven't seen them do anything inappropriate with that information. So they that have, we know of that we know of. That we but know of. yeah, well, but it's still we haven't seen it. Is all I'm saying. They have right. been clean on that, and that is what they say. They you know don't promise anything with regard to their competition or employees or you know they they were they're responsive to employee demands. Yeah. So when the media goes against it. Sometimes they proactive or reactively respond. Europe has done things against them on that dimension, too. Europe is against them, as I said before, on potential anti-competitive things. But nobody so far has said anything against Amazon. And what's interesting is I go around and give a lot of speeches on Amazon. And when I talk to consumers, they are so loyal to Amazon Prime. It's shocking. Yeah. You know? They can't imagine their life without it. Right. I mean, so I've, I've talked with a, a friend, a consultant, a lot recently about kind of the creepiness of new technology. And it, one of the, the ways that we can overcome this creepiness is this creepiness factor is when people see a clear upside, right? If they understand the benefits that they're getting from more invasive technologies, then people are kind of more accommodating to it. And I think that's, that's where Amazon has avoided some of the problems that, that Facebook and and Google and others have run into where it, it seems real obvious to the consumer the benefits that they're getting from Amazon, right? Amazon just mm-hmm. keeps ramping it up faster and faster deliveries, better and better suggestions on what you should buy next. And I think as long as that's 
transparently obvious to consumers, there's going to be less resistance. Which I, I guess is is a little bit interesting, Ryan, in the perspective of when you think about retail and you think about the, the products that people want, sure, obviously, I think it, it, it's it been a, a part of history that people want good products, they want them relatively fast, and they don't want those products to, you know, to fall apart where you have to take it back to the uh, to, to the to the business. Amazon, it's really taken Amazon to finally get to that point where a company truly understands that how, you know, how to build that out. Well, I know Barbara's written on this, but Amazon has just been ruthless at identifying customer pain points and eliminating them. I mean, when they very first started off, it was supposed to be a cheaper way to to get books and, and to find books that might be hard to find otherwhere. And then they just moved down the ladder. All right, what's the next customer pain point we can get rid of? What's the next customer? Three days is too slow. All right, two days. Two days? No, one day. Right? They're going to get it to you soon before you even order it. Yeah, it's, you know, I think you made a really good point earlier, Ryan, about you know if the the customer value is transparent. And so far, Amazon. You know, like you said, uh, and I totally agree, has been transparent on product value and on price. It will be, you know, when I have my students complain about Facebook and privacy issues, part of the things they complain about, it's to Ryan's point, is that Facebook does not do a good job of targeting them with it. You have all my information and then you put up a stupid ad that doesn't, you know, that's what my undergrads complain about, that they have the information and they're not providing the customer value. Amazon is now tiptoeing into some areas that are harder to provide provide good value for. So they're moving into content. They're moving into this targeted advertising. It'll be really interesting to see if Amazon can deliver better targeted ads than Google has. Is it? I find it interesting that in thinking about some of the issues that are around Amazon employees, the fact that, that some of these things have popped up and yet they are a retail company that understands that the, that the customer a person, a human being, is as important as everything. It's almost like they have understood that they are going to uh, they are going to approach each one of these from from different perspectives. Yeah, they don't seem to be the world's best employer to work for. I don't think they'd win that award. Right. Um, and, and and you know, most of the people that you know, I know a lot of people have worked at Amazon, and that's the the thing. Past tense worked at yeah. Amazon. They yeah. don't stay there. So it is interesting. It's not a people. I don't think it's a. I don't think Jeff Bezos is seen as a people pleaser. You know. I think what he is, is he has a business pr- proposition, which is if you give the customers what they want, they will stay loyal. Right. I don't think he sees that in a people way. I think he sees it in a data way. Well, if, if Ryan, if he is not a people person, then uh, the recent story about them developing uh, new ways to package boxes yeah. without having to use human beings, <laughs> I think becomes an even more important story about, you know, this narrative that, that has kind of been around there that with AI and different technologies that we are going to be cutting out a lot of jobs for human beings. I mean, it, it raises this age old question when we talk about disruptive technologies and employment as unpleasant, particularly as some of these frontline Amazon jobs are. And you hear the, the horror stories about the long hours and the, the intense pressure you know, the one thing worse than that is probably to have those jobs eliminated and replaced yeah. by no people at all. Um, but again, Amazon is just so ruthlessly efficient in terms of identifying what are, what are the weaknesses in these business models. You know, what is it that that's or the problem is speed? Well, let's fix speed. What are the ways we can do it? Problem is delivery? Well, let's look for new opportunities and start distributing through malls and start uh, new companies that we can uh, 
better compete with on the delivery front. So I think this is just the next iteration of that. And I, I don't think that's going to stop moving in that direction. So, Barbara, then what is it, and having looked at Amazon as much as you have, what is it that has them so ruthless and so effective in a lot of these areas? Well, I mean, I think part of it is a as a point of view, which we talked about already. The other thing, and that's why the you know Elizabeth Warren and other people are talking about it, they're protected by having to make a profit on transaction because they get money in through AWS and to some degree Marketplace and Prime right. so that they can be really good at providing customer value at the transaction level. Right. They can offer a, a very good price and very high quality because they're really not making much money on margin. Right. Um, and so that's, to me, part of the genius. You know, again, I don't don't think it's thinking necessarily through a retail lens. It's thinking through a very sophisticated business lens. And it gives them an, an unusual advantage to have AWS on their side. So I don't know what an Amazon would look like if they didn't have the profitability that comes from AWS. And so the ideas of breaking them up, well, I don't know how much traction that has, but that is interesting to see what would happen. Ryan? Uh, yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I think that Amazon is changing so much of the way we think about business. Uh, The standard problem that a maturing organization runs into is that it starts to get entrenched in the way that it's doing things and then fails to miss the next opportunity. Amazon has so far not fallen into that trap at all. They are just constantly blowing things up and, and constantly looking for new ways to solve problems. How much of that do you think is the mindset of, of Jeff Bezos? I mean, it, it seems like Bezos is still very, very much running the, the company and, and in charge of the culture there. So I, I would guess it's almost entirely attributable to him. Well, he's definitely a formidable leader, and he instills a culture of people who, you know, the people who last at Amazon, I guess, you know, have something to add. One of the things we haven't talked about is, is there a way to compete against Amazon? Yeah. And I think as interesting as Amazon is, is also Walmart. Sure. Because Walmart has been right on the heels of Amazon, and they're following in a lot of different ways that Amazon's doing. And what I think is interesting, and again, to the point of what's making Amazon tick, they have a different model. So they don't have an AWS funding them. They have stores and and sales associates, and they have operational efficiencies and excellence uh, where they can can be right there. As soon as Amazon announces next day delivery, Walmart's right there announcing it in some markets as well. Um, And Amazon is doing it in a classic business way and trying to make money by reducing costs. So they're much more efficient in delivery, um, and they understand that better than I think Amazon does. I think when Amazon looks for logistics expertise, they they steal people from Walmart. Um, and what Walmart's interesting because they're doing this next day delivery without having to pay Amazon Prime subscription. Yeah. So they're actually offering a dominant alternative. Ryan? Yeah, it, from a purely economic standpoint, that's right. From a customer standpoint, if, you've, if you're already paying that uh, Amazon Prime for your you know, TV viewing or, or uh, other benefits that you're getting, it's not clear how much customers are in anticipating that additional cost. Even as Amazon Prime subscriptions have gone up, I think very few people are, are canceling and backing out. Yeah. It's almost seen as kind of a utility expense that you have to pay uh, now to, to live as an American. You need to pay your, your water, you need to pay your power, and you need to pay <laughs> your Amazon Prime. But, Otherwise, what are you going to do? But from the other perspective, Walmart is doing this without having the revenue coming right. in but, that, yeah. that Amazon is getting. So their bottom line 
is taking a little bit more of a hit than Amazon's Exactly, would. although they're better on costs. So right, Amazon right. doesn't worry about the cost efficiencies as much, and their distribution model is not nearly as effective as Walmart's you know, operational excellence in logistics is much better than this distribution center kind of idea. You right. know, Amazon has delivered to the last mile even when it was unprofitable um, because they don't care about that right now. Now, right. they are trying to change the way people shop, uh, and I think they're really affecting that. Well, but. Ryan, I've talked with Barbara about this before, and I'll ask you, how competitive can Walmart be, in your opinion, against Amazon moving forward? I mean, they've clearly got to offer something different. They're not going to be able to beat Amazon at its own game. Um, there will always be the need for uh, the physical presence that Walmart has. People are always going to need to shop for some things in that way. And so I think that Walmart is doing some smart things, but things are changing so rapidly. I know that it sounds like uh, kind of a... <laughs> a commentary without any teeth, but things are changing so rapidly that what has worked in the past is not going to, to have any kind of salience going forward. So they're, they're leveraging the strengths that they have in terms of their physical presence, um, but they're not going to be able to, to become the next Amazon. They're going to have to become something different if they're going to succeed. But it's interesting. There was an article in the Wall Street Journal a couple of days ago, Ryan, that was talking about you know whether or not Amazon was too big. And there's an interesting graphic in there that, that looks at North American retail sales in, in comparison and comparing Amazon with Walmart. And the amount that Walmart has dwarfs what, yeah. what Amazon yeah. has right now. And that's something that I think most consumers think is the other way around, yeah. that Amazon has just destroyed Walmart, and it's Walmart that's playing catch-up. Uh, let me just take issue a little bit with what Ryan said. I do think Walmart can beat Amazon in its own game, not in terms of being everything to everyone, but in retail they can. They're still the world's biggest retailer, and they compete head-to-head in a lot of the same categories. Right. Um, and what they've been... And, and even online, they're growing his very fast online. They re Revamped their entire Walmart.com website, and it is. If you're a, a like a certain kind of shopper, uh, go on and see Walmart.com and compare it to Amazon. Walmart is a much better online shopping experience. Amazon is built for an engineer, in my opinion, but Walmart is built more for a shopper. And there, right. are, there's some. Walmart understands in their bones retail, whereas Amazon's sure. kind of flirting with it. So I think that you will see great things from from Walmart. And I'm a very pro Walmart. What they're doing is very interesting. Ryan. Uh, yeah, I mean, to your to your point about the relative size of uh, online versus brick and mortar sales, we all talk about online so much because it's uh, you know it's new and it's exciting, and the you know a lot of these Walmart sales are happening in in you know parts of the country that uh, commentators aren't in, mm -hmm. and so it is easy to kind of miss uh, the bigger story there. Now, in terms of growth rates, Walmart's still got to be nervous. Uh, mm -hmm. But, yeah, in terms of absolute sales, Walmart's still in a dominant position. Is there, Ryan, is there an area that when you look at Amazon as a whole, is there area, an area that they are either in or not in that you say has to be the next focus or the greater focus for Amazon right now? My concern with Amazon long-term, and I'll say this has been a concern of mine for a while, and I have so far been proven definitively wrong. So for what that's <laughs> worth, it seems like Amazon doesn't have the focus of uh, a lot of kind of large 
growing companies where they know exactly what they want to do. They've done a lot of things, and to date, they've done a lot of things really well. Right. But it's an unusual business model. Most firms at some point need to kind of specialize and develop some core competencies that are more focused. They, again, they've been able to do it to this point, and, and they may continue to be able to do it. But that would be what I would be looking for going forward is, does Amazon have a focus and do they understand it? I think they have a focus and I think their focus is data uh, and frequency of interaction with the customer mm -hmm. and leveraging that base. So the way they can get into average, the way they got into retail in the first place is like you mentioned, they sell books, they sell you know music, they sell DVDs and they build a lot of people, they build a base. And then from that base they start AWS and they start Marketplace, but it's what, what their differentiation was, they had the customer Customer base. Right. Now they're growing it more and more. They have more and more interaction. So now it's not just bodies, but how the frequency of interaction with those bodies. And suddenly you have an advertising model. So I think right. what they're doing is creating a network and creating in-depth information about that network and different ways to get at that network. And that is what their focus is. And once you have that, you've got a business model. You can start selling all types of different services and content to that base. So, Ryan, going back to that focus point that, that you talk about for a second, uh, a second ago, are you talking about something similar along the lines of what General Electric has done in, in recent months, where they have paired off some of their some of their entities and focused on maybe two or three specific business units that they believe are are the most important and they can do the best job on? Well, that seems to be the the story of business across decades, right? It's it's almost like a, a respiratory model where where firms will expand and start gobbling up all these other entities and kind of incorporating them all in, and then at some point the businesses will decide, oh, we're not focused enough, and then they'll start spinning entities off. And this this is just cyclical; it happens over and over again. But um, and it also seems to be. Uh, kind of fashionable. Uh, so a lot of firms will at the same time decide it's time to start divesting and, and spinning things off or it's time to start acquiring. Right. As, as I've said, and to Barbara's point, Amazon has been able to but you know, But I think a there's a reason why. Do it well. I, I know we're at the end of the hour, so let me just say one thing. I think the difference is, Ryan, is what you're talking about is the product-focused approach. When you get too many products and you spin off products that, you know, like that's all the old BCG matrix in some sense. But what Amazon is, is a customer-based approach. Um, now, you might say they have too large a market, but they have said no to business. They've said no to, to China business. They've said no to different types of customers customer business. Right. So I think the key to understanding Amazon is to understand customer-centric marketing as opposed to product-centric marketing. Great having you both with us. Thank you, Ryan, for your time today. Thank you both. Thank you. Barbara, great seeing you. Yeah, fun to talk with you, Thank Ryan. you. Barbara Bye. Kahn from here at the Wharton School and also co-host of Marketing Matters here on Sirius XM 132, Wednesdays 5 to 7 p.m. Ryan Hamilton at Emory University also joining us. For more insight from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.